Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today is the final episode of 2023. Oh my gosh, where is the time going? I cannot believe that this year is just about over. Time is flying. 2023 came and went so fast. This was my favorite year by far. Just so much to be happy about, so much to be proud of, something that I cannot wait to announce on the first episode of January when I'm back in a couple of weeks. I'm so, I can't wait to share my big accomplishment with For the Girls. I'm really excited to share it with you all because so many of you have been on this journey with me from day one. So I know that there will be a few of you who are just as happy and proud and excited as I am. And I really appreciate you if you've been here from day one. But yeah, I just 2023, it is coming to a close. We are closing it out right now. And I am shooketh. And even aside from the people who have been here from day one, I also have to give a huge thanks to you girls as well. Let me make it clear that I'm grateful for every single listener that I have. If you are someone who's listened to an episode, if you've shared an episode with a friend, if you've sent them the link, if you posted it on your story, if you've sent me a DM, a comment, a message, if you've sent me an email, a Dear Victoria submission to victoria.forthegirlspodcast at gmail.com. If you have in any way shape or form interacted with for the girls podcast even as a listener for one single episode i am just so grateful for you i'm so thankful i really appreciate any and all ounce of support because when something like this is your dream that you can only pray and wish and hope for so much to be able to do and then realize that really it relies on an audience in order to be able to do it you just realize like how much more grateful you have to be for every single person who even gives you the freaking time of day i really never liked the saying like self-made i've never really respected it when people call themselves a self-made millionaire or billionaire or whatever because no one is self-made in this world you always need a team, you always need an audience, you always need a client, a customer. Like if you even just run a whole entire business and brand by yourself, it still would never have success without a customer or something like this with For the Girls. You know, if you're gonna run a successful podcast and make money from it and build it up, it still requires the help and support of a listener. So no one is self-made, nothing is done alone. And I just genuinely, truly, wholeheartedly appreciate everyone for being here and listening to this. And I think I feel more grateful than ever right now in particular because this year, I think, like I said, it was my favorite year, my best year. But this year, I think I've made the most happen. Like I've removed the most off of my vision board to replace basically. Like we talked about the vision board in the episode with Deandra and I talked about how I make it on Canva and whatnot. And I basically use the same you know, template the same vision board every single year and I just replace the newer things. Like if I made this in 2021, say, I've taken off accomplishments that have happened or things that I no longer resonate with and I still keep the same board and usually it remains the same like 90% of the time because 
most of the things don't change. I'm still waiting for those things to happen. But this year, when I just made it now for 2024, I've made so many changes to my board because I've seen the most come to fruition and come to life this year. And even though this year wasn't even my most successful financial year like I've had years where I've made way more money and my finances were like through the freaking roof at a point and this year doesn't even come close to that but this was by far the most fulfilling year which I think goes to show how much more other things are important than money and finances I actually was just talking about this on a call yesterday with a client who's like super stressed about money but she got a new job where she's more excited to work there than where she works right now. Like she thinks that she's actually going to enjoy the type of work better. And honestly, to me, I'm like, that's all that matters. If you're fulfilled, if you're happy with what you're doing, you're just going to be a happier person. You're going to feel better. Of course, you want to be comfortable with your finances. No one wants to struggle. But trust me when I say being really present and embodied in what you're doing, there's nothing better than that. That beats record-breaking finances out of the water. So this year for me, I don't care how much less I may have made than I made when I hustled harder. This year was what my heart needed, what I really needed in my soul more than anything else. So with all of that being said, I want to talk in more detail about the 10 themes of 2023. Like I said, it was a super fulfilling year. And I think it was because of these 10 themes that were reoccurring from start to finish. They really carried me through 2023. Some of them being lessons I've learned, some of them being realizations I've had, some of them being things that I've always known to be true, but were really present this year in particular. And everyone's going to have different themes that they experienced and everyone has different sorts of seasons in their year and I don't mean summer spring winter fall I mean people will have learning seasons growing seasons winning seasons successful seasons failure seasons people are going to have seasons that are high seasons that are low seasons that are just kind of neutral and I think I've had a lot of ups and downs this year But these are the main things that when I really sat down and was putting pen to paper to think of what my themes are, these were the things that I needed the most or that I received the most of and realized the most that I would honestly say made 2023 the year that it was for me. So I hope that this can help you girls all reflect on your year, on your themes and your highs and lows and whatnot and really allow you to start journaling, working on that, kind of breaking it all down so that you know how you handled certain things, what was important to you, what wasn't important to you, what are your realizations, because now next year is going to be a whole new year. So you might go through some of this stuff again, you might have a whole new completely different year, completely different seasons. So it's very important that we know what was our main underlying, you know, stuff of 2023. And how could I use that to make me better in 2024? How can I use that to grow in 2024? How can I use that insight and that information to make 2024 even better? Starting off strong with a hard pill to swallow, not everything is going to be at the top of your totem pole. And what does that mean? It means that while I was single for all of my 20s, 
I had made my lists of things that I was looking for in a man, in a partner, and I had tons and tons and tons of things on that list. And there were certainly times where I thought everything was a non-negotiable. And let me tell you something, it's really easy to say every single one of these are extremely important, every single one of these are a priority while you're single. It's easier to have that list while you're single. When you start to like somebody, you start to pursue somebody, you start to get into a relationship with somebody, and then there's real feelings involved, you start to see what's actually the most important stuff. And then you can literally list off your, you know, all those lists of things. You can actually put them not just writing tons of things out, you can put them in an order of importance and you'll realize what's at the top of your totem pole and what's at the bottom. What may have been something that you thought was extremely important versus what actually is not. And by no means does it mean once you start liking somebody, you should start to settle. You should start to say, okay, you know what? Maybe he doesn't have to do that. You know what? I do kind of like him, so I'll let this slide. You know, like, let's not start ignoring red flags, okay? Let's not start lowering our standards and settling. However, what it is to say is that you will start to pay attention more to what you actually need, what is actually on your heart, and what your actual true desires are. Meaning... There were things that I found important without, you know, knowing really, without ever experiencing things that I found important just from seeing it on social media, being influenced by it, hearing somebody else's dynamic, somebody else's relationship, even with friends that I've had. And it's not to say that those people are wrong. It's not to say that those people are unrealistic or they're asking for too much. It's just they may have different needs. They may have different values and morals than you have. And I can say for a fact that I started to realize a lot of people had different morals and needs than I had. It's extremely, extremely important that you pay attention to your emotional needs, but you really won't know what they are until you're in that position. So it's not something to start stressing about now and being like, okay, I need to go rework my list and whatnot. You wait and see. Wait until you're in a position where you're in a relationship or you're starting a relationship and you see how good they do at certain things and how much you love those certain things. And then you see, is there anything that's missing or am I satisfied with this? And then you you can start to really pay attention to this thing is missing that I really feel called to, that I really need. Or this thing is missing that I honestly it doesn't matter to me. I I don't need that in a relationship. And then you start to see how satisfied you are, how fulfilled you are, and so on and so forth. But trust me when I say, girls, do not lower your standards, okay? Keep them high because that's what I did and I'm so glad I did. I am so grateful that I did. Nothing that I just said involves getting rid of, you know, high standards and whatnot. So do not get that twisted. Second theme of 2023 embodying feminine energy is about letting go of control if you feel like you still need to control certain things you are really 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 stuck in your masculine i 
was a huge control freak. I would say I'm, I'm a recovering control freak because trust me, I still go back to my roots every now and then. I will say that my flaw or my beige flag or yellow flag, if you will, I don't know if it's a red flag, but it's definitely a flag, okay? It's not green, I would say, is that I get really, really, really stressed out about plans and stuff like that. Like I always want to make sure that things go according to plan. If if I say I want to do something, it has to be done exactly like that, which is fine. Like I think that it's fine to want to have that sense of like integrity and and want to do exactly what you say you're going to do, but sometimes things don't go 100% according to plan. Sometimes life gets in the way, sometimes things just change. It, it, it happens and that always, that really stresses me out. But it's definitely a work in progress because I did start to say this year, like, it is what it is. You know, things work out exactly how they're supposed to. Everything happens how it's meant to. What's meant to be will be. Even with the littlest things like my day not going according to plan because I, I'm doing things later than I planned. Like recording this podcast, for example, it's three o'clock and I wanted to be done with this by 12. That could really be stressing me out right now, but I'm really trying to not let it do that. But even aside from with plans and timelines and whatnot, I've just always had that need to control things. And I've always had the mindset of like, this won't work out right if somebody else does it. It's better off if I just do it because then it, it it won't get done properly. I only trusted myself to do things. I never wanted to rely on anybody else. I would rather have 10 things to do by myself than delegate and give somebody else the task. That's just how my brain has always worked because of that need to control. And I really did not like that I was like that. And I never liked how I felt. It was a, my, the way I overthought about everything was overthinking about everything. The way that everything was running through my head 500 times, I was always stressed out because I just really felt like I couldn't trust anybody the way I could trust myself. Not only did it feel masculine, but it felt wounded. It felt more like a toxic wounded masculine energy rather than a divine masculine energy. There's nothing wrong with being embodied in your masculine energy. As a woman, we all have both masculine and feminine, but it didn't feel like a good masculine energy. Whereas for me, I feel like my my action taking abilities and the way that I can plan things, that's a very masculine thing. I do have a lot of doing energy and that's a positive thing. It is a helpful thing. It's when you start to get into the mode of feeling the need to control absolutely everything where it starts to get draining and exhausting. And that is not good. Feminine energy is all about receiving. It's about being able to go a little bit more with the flow of life. Even if you're not a go with the flow type of person, you're able to sit back and relax more. You're not constantly high strung. You're not constantly stressed out. You're not constantly drained, which I felt like I was draining my battery all of the time. But I'll tell you girls the honest truth if you can relate to this. If you have that control freak mindset, if you're somebody who feels the way I felt where it's like I have to do everything, everything has to go according to plan, it probably and most likely stemmed from an abandonment wound, like a trauma of just being let down, a trauma of being constantly disappointed, whether it's in romantic relationships, 
business partnerships, platonic friendships, family relationships, whatever it might be, you probably at some point in your life or at multiple points in your life were just completely let down where somebody told you they were going to do something and they didn't do it, where somebody's actions didn't match their words, where you relied on somebody and got screwed over. So after going through that disappointment so many times, you feel like I just can't rely on people. I just have to control everything. I just have to handle everything. I have to get into my masculine and I have to just do everything everything on my own no one can help me because it always fails it never works out so it's better off if I just take control of it and the truth is you don't have to do that those people like that says more about those people those people are unreliable those people can't be depended on those people are not a man or a woman of their word they lack integrity they are irresponsible they don't care the way that you care about certain things but it does not mean that you have to be in control of everything and anything and that you have to constantly stress yourself out over the need to take charge and the need for things to go exactly according to a very strict plan so if you really can relate to that think back to where you think that mindset stemmed from because it's most likely from a very triggering situation a very specific situation that you went through theme number three get out of your head and just create the content this one is really heavily present in my life right now because i went through a phase of getting really in my head in regards to social media content. It's no secret that I took a lot of time off from TikTok and I'm not gonna lie, I do have regrets around it. I don't like to feel regret, but I definitely have some sense of regret because I think I gave up a lot when I did that and I think I worked really hard and I was really consistent for so long with TikTok and I was building something up that was that had potential to be amazing. And I was almost at 2000, uh, 200,000 followers. I got up to 196, I think maybe like 0.7 or 0.8. I was just right on the cusp of breaking 197,000 followers. And then I basically took off for about five months. I made no videos. If I did make a video, it was just using one of those like filter things, you know, playing the TikTok games. Like I was not making my typical content. So I was constantly losing followers by the thousands. I think I'm at 193,000 now. And soon enough, I'll probably be at 192 because I think people that are seeing my content again now are probably like, who is that? I don't even remember following that person. And I was getting in my head because my life had changed. You know, I built an audience as a single person talking so much about being single and talking about dating. And I was constantly like, get ready with me for a date. And let me tell you about this date. And let me tell you about that date. And that's just unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, <laughs> fortunately for me, fortunately for me, that's not my life anymore. Unfortunately for me, my audience doesn't care about my life now. I've actually, no joke, had comments and messages of people being like, your content just doesn't hit the same as it did when you were single. Like, I miss your single girl content. Make these sort of videos again. And they want me to talk about things that I'm just not going to talk about now because my life has changed and because I'm in a different time in my life and just a different season like I mentioned before we all go through different seasons and so anyway I got really in my head and I stopped creating my content I stopped creating content that is up to par with my standards I stopped creating content that seemed like I cared you know I felt like 
oh, if I put out a TikTok video, yeah, I'm posting, but realistically, I'm not posting because it's not providing any value for anybody. And I have high standards for myself and for my work and for my content. So I was not holding myself to those standards. I was not holding myself accountable for creating the type of content that I want to put out. But it was constantly on my mind. I was always thinking about wanting to put out more videos and making notes of what I'm gonna say and how I'm gonna say it and what type of videos I wanna put out. And I think this like imposter syndrome just kind of came over me. And I'm so glad that it was only a short phase and a short season because now I am back to making my videos, but I definitely see the difference. And now I'm kicking myself because I see how in the past, you know, sometimes I scroll down in the past, my videos were getting a minimum of 50,000 views, a minimum of, you know, a few thousand likes, a minimum of a few hundred comments. And sometimes now my videos don't even break 10,000 views they get 100 likes, they get zero comments, and you see how quickly an audience will switch up. And it's not on them, it's on you as a creator because there's so many creators out there. So if you're not gonna serve your followers, they're gonna find somebody else, somebody else that's consistent, somebody else that cares and, and it wants your followers is gonna go out and they're gonna get them. I saw a video of a creator who was basically complaining about her followers. She was saying how her followers aren't like good followers. They're not like good enough. I, I think she was trying to get the message out that her followers don't engage enough. And she was basically putting the blame on the audience, which is just like the dumbest thing you could possibly do because now whoever she did have paying attention will no longer be interested and it's completely up to us to keep an audience entertained it's completely up to us to provide an audience with content that they want to engage with if you see creators out there who are growing in followers growing in engagement their videos are going viral their stuff is getting boosted it's because they are paying attention to what their audience likes or doesn't like. And I'm a prime example because I was doing that at a point. I knew exactly what my audience wanted to see, so I was putting that content out. And now because I'm in a different season of life and because I did lose a lot of followers over that time off, I have to build that up again and get back into providing the content that I know my audience will like. For me, I also think I enjoy making cooking videos and my audience kind of clearly doesn't care to see it. Those videos perform really, really low, but I like to put them out. So I feel like doing that, even if you know your audience isn't that crazy about certain things, as long as you enjoy doing it and you're going to consistently do it, put it out. If it's not going to be consist consistent, if you're going to once every few months make a cooking video, maybe you don't have to do that. But for me, I'm trying to make a cooking video at least once a week so that it could eventually start to pick up. However, what my priority is right now is starting to get videos back out in the style that they used to like, but maybe just with different content, just with different context to it more like get ready with me videos, which in the past I was always making get ready with me videos, but talking about get, get ready with me to go on a first date, get ready with me and listen to this dating story. I was talking about single girl stuff. Now I stopped making the get ready with me videos, but I'm constantly going out. So why did I stop doing that? Now I'm going to get back into the get ready with me videos, but just talk about things that pertain to my current season of life, the relationship aspect of it. There's no one to blame but you for people not caring about your content. 
So if people are not caring about your content, you have to work on that and you have to figure out how to get things to hit, how to get things to land. That imposter syndrome around making the videos and the TikToks and whatnot is the worst, worst mindset to have. It's the worst place to be and take it from someone who's been there and done that. I really, really think that you will end up regretting it if you stay in your head and prevent yourself from posting. For me, this is like my biggest goal, I would say, of 2024 right now is to really build up my audience again. And yes, I'm going to have to find a new audience because clearly the old audience that I built isn't as interested in my current situation. So if you're in that place where you're like, oh, but my followers don't engage or whatnot, okay, then let's just call it what it is, they are not interested in the current content that you're putting out. So you can either try to get those people back and put out that old stuff, even if it doesn't resonate with you, or you can still have that same reoccurring style, that same theme, still do the things that you know that they liked and switch it up to find new people who can resonate with you. The worst thing you could do is try to be something that you're not. The worst thing you could do is try to be someone that you're not. If you are out here trying to put out content just to get views, then it's probably not going to work because it doesn't really connect with who you truly are. I think Alex Earl is a perfect example and I really don't even say that as somebody who's a huge fan. I don't follow her on social media. I've listened to a couple of episodes of her podcast. Her videos certainly come up on my timeline. But just speaking from a viewer standpoint, she didn't go viral as soon as she started making videos. She went viral after years of making videos because she stuck to what clearly worked for her followers. She was always doing those get ready with me videos. She was always living that like party college girl lifestyle. So because she stuck to what worked, she continued to grow. I'm going to be completely honest. I think a lot of the business conventions out there that I think that she's been doing give her even too much credit because I don't think that what she did is anything super special. I don't think that it's rocket science and I'm not saying this because to, like to be negative. I, I Trust me, I like her. I have no issue with her content. I like her content and she's just not necessarily my style, like my type of person to follow. I follow a bit of an older creator. However, Still, as somebody who can observe things, I would say from a completely unbiased standpoint, the questions that they ask her, you know, the business type of questions that they ask her about this empire that she grew is a bit extreme considering she was just a young girl who was simply just making videos, honest videos, consistent videos that most people can do. They just aren't doing in that way. They just aren't sticking to it. They aren't providing value. They aren't entertaining enough. And they're really not, and they're not themselves enough. Like Alex Earl is somebody who I think is just unapologetically herself. Like she doesn't care. She's out here getting drunk, drinking, partying, doing whatever she, it is that she does, doing whatever she enjoys doing and does not care. So I think that's where a lot of girls are going wrong is that they're trying to be Alex Earl when Alex Earl is just being Alex Earl. So you're not going to blow up like Alex Earl by trying to be her. So my advice is to be unapologetically you, own the season that you're in, try to stay as consistent as possible, even when you're in a weird phase, even when you feel like I don't really know what to even put out, just 
Try something. Keep throwing things at the wall until they stick. Don't just completely give up on your content. Don't just say, well, I'm in a weird phase, so I'm just going to post generic videos that have nothing to do with my life because that's just going to make your page dwindle all the way down and everything that you worked for is just going to go away. And don't be afraid to incorporate some things in there that might not necessarily go viral as long as you enjoy it and you can keep doing it. I don't think that you need to absolutely pigeonhole yourself into one specific niche. I think you can do other things. Like for me, I'm talking, say, dating and relationships as well as cooking and whatnot. But I try to tie it in because I make it part of that. Instead of just randomly cooking, I'm like, I'm cooking this for my boyfriend. I'm cooking this for my man. It ties it all back into the relationship stuff that I talk about. So I'm not necessarily pigeonholing myself into only talking about dating and relationships. I'm trying to just make kind of a brand around my entire lifestyle. And with that being said, this is a separate point, but it's a perfect segue from this. Number four is don't be afraid to outgrow certain things. Don't be afraid to outgrow certain people. Trust yourself. This year was all about trusting yourself, your intuition, your gut, listening to that. You know who you are. You know what you need. You're not crazy. Stop doubting yourself. Stop asking other people, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? Stop staying in situations just to please other people. Stop remaining in the same place just because it's comfortable or just because it's going to make other people happy this year was really about outgrowing things and i think it goes back into even with the whole content thing just because you started making content in one way doesn't mean that you have to stay there forever if that's not where you resonate so don't be afraid to outgrow that and to find new things that work this applies to anything and everything in life friendships relationships jobs businesses. I know a lot of girls went through it this year with businesses. I know a lot of girls who started businesses that did it for years that have really changed their tune this year because they just didn't click with it anymore. Including myself. I absolutely went through that this year and last year. I think last year it started and this year it became a lot more like pivotal, a lot more like prominent in my life. But you know what brings you peace you know what brings you happiness and you have to honor that and i think we get really sentimental around change a lot of people struggle with change a lot of people don't adapt well to change i've gone through that i'm someone who always used to really fear change i think that's why i grieve really hard when it comes to passing and death and whatnot i really struggle with mourning and grieving, I think because of that fear around change, I don't know what it might be, but I think that change is involved in that. And because of that mindset around change, like I don't want things to change, I want things to stay how they are, people tend to remain in the same situation year after year, and then they question why they're not seeing growth. Then they question why they're not seeing change. Well, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You can't just expect things around you to change and evolve and get better if you're going to remain the same. And I know this is a hard pill to swallow with breakups and friendship breakups even, not only romantic relationships, but those friend breakups, they're hard to go through. I know that they are. But if you are outgrowing a friendship, if you and a friend are just not in the same place that you were when your friendship started, you have to be okay with letting it go. Not everything is meant to last forever. Not 
everyone is meant to have a permanent role in your life. And again, I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes people are just meant to be in your life for a certain period of time. They're only meant to be in a certain season. They may not be meant to come with you everywhere, every year for the rest of your life. That's the honest truth. If you feel yourself growing in one direction and one direction, that just made me think of the band. If you feel yourself growing in one direction and you feel that your friend or whoever is growing in a different direction, accept that. Let that be. Not everything has to end because something bad happened. Not everything has to be traumatic. Not everything has to be somebody screwing the other person over. It can just simply be outgrowing. It can just simply be seeing the world in different directions and taking the world in a different direction, just following different paths. And the fifth theme of 2023 for me this year is about giving yourself grace. Now this is about having patience with yourself, being able to forgive yourself, not getting frustrated with yourself every single time that things don't work out. I've seen this in every client this year, every client whether it be about work stuff or friendship stuff or with guys, if something doesn't go right or according to what we imagined in our head, if it doesn't go according to the dialogue that we thought about in the shower, we tend to put a lot of blame on ourselves. We tend to be really hard on, our, on ourselves and saying things like, I'm so mad at myself. Oh, I'm so pissed. Like, I fucked this up. Oh my God, I should have done that. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. It doesn't matter because things are gonna play out how they should and how they're supposed to. So let's not be so hard on ourselves. The sky isn't falling. It's not an emergency. You didn't kill anybody. You need to be okay with forgiving yourself because you're only experiencing life for the first time right now as we speak. You are only living for the first time right now as we speak. You may be 30 years old, and it still doesn't matter compared to a freaking 10-year-old because you've only been 30 once right now. You've never been a 30-year-old woman before. So I know we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we get really hard on ourselves as we get older. Of course, you should hold yourself accountable. Of course, you should be responsible for certain things. But there's also things that are going to happen that may be out of our control or may not go according to the standards that we set for ourselves, maybe we're gonna make mistakes, that's okay. Forgive yourself, maybe it's not even a mistake. Maybe you made a choice. Maybe you made a conscious choice that you're not okay with. Maybe you made a choice that you had to learn a lesson on and you might be extremely disappointed with the outcome of that choice but it doesn't mean you have to beat yourself up over it because you may have never been faced with that decision before you may have never had to make that choice before it could very much be the first time you've ever been in that situation so you followed your heart and even if you aren't satisfied with the results it's the results that you were supposed to have because it's the choice that you were supposed to make. God and the universe have a plan for you, so obviously it was supposed to go that way. Don't get so upset with yourself. Stop getting so frustrated with yourself. You will never be able to have healthy and happy relationships with other people if you do not have that with yourself first. Your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship that you could ever have in your life. 
So if you can't forgive yourself, how will you ever learn how to forgive other people? You need to be able to forgive yourself. I have a podcast episode out about that titled, You Need to Forgive Yourself. And I talk about all different things, even things from the past where you may hold a grudge against yourself on. I sometimes have a tendency to look back on the past on certain situations where I don't like how I acted, I don't like how I treated somebody, and those memories tend to come back up. They replay in my head sometimes, and I'm like, oof, oh my god, like I hate that I did that, I hate that I said that, I hate that I acted like that. But again, it was the first time that you've ever lived that life. So you have to now be able to remove yourself from it because you learned the lesson that you needed to learn. Now you know better. At the time, maybe you didn't know better, but you do now. So give yourself grace. You have to love that version of yourself, even if there's certain things that you're not happy with. And speaking of happiness, let's go on to theme number six. How you treat people depends on how happy you are. This is a fact. I notice how I treat people differently when I'm in a low point versus when I'm at a high point. And I notice how people treat me based on that as well. I, the amount of times that I've been like, girl, don't take your issues out on me. Don't take your problems out on me. If someone's going through something shitty, a low point, something with work, something with a relationship, and then they're giving me an attitude, I'm like, just because you have personal shit going on right now does not mean that you need to treat me that way. And I've gone through that so many times with people as well as I've been the one doing that to other people. And I really am able to identify when somebody is so unhappy with themselves because they will not support you. They will not hype you up. Me at this season of my life being extremely happy, extremely comfortable, extremely secure, I notice how much more, which by the way, I've always been a hype woman. I'm literally a coach for a living, okay? So I love hyping people up. But even in general, even with just compliments, surface level things, writing to people's stories. I've noticed now how much more of a hype man I have become for people. Like I just want to make everybody feel good about themselves. Like how many undercover haters do you have? Do you know that you have right now that you're like, that girl will never comment me. That girl will never reach out. There's obviously an insecurity or something going on within herself. It has nothing to do with you. It is not a personal thing toward you. The way people treat you is 100% of the time a reflection of themselves or what's going on in their lives. Even with friends, and sometimes they may be the worst ones, but I can think of a bunch of times where I've had friends in the past who just could never give me a compliment, could never, if they just didn't have it in them to hype me up, to make me feel good about myself. If I sent them a photo saying, is this one good to post? They'd be like, did you take any other pictures? I'm like, no, I'm showing you this one because this is the option that I have. They're like, oh, let me see what else you got. Like, you just cannot give it to me that I look good in that picture. You need to somehow throw something in there to see, oh, do you have other pictures? Because I think you might have better. Like, well, if I'm showing you this, then that's the best I got. Like, little things like that compared to when you ask a freaking stranger on the street to take a picture of you, they're like, yes, girl, hyping you up. Oh my God, so cute. You guys look great. I love your outfit. They're like, get it on the floor, get in angles. And you realize, wow, this is what I could have with you know, my friends or certain people, but they're just not like that. And it goes to show it has nothing to do with you. You're great, you look great, your energy is great, but people who are unhappy with themselves cannot treat you 
the way that you really deserve to be treated. And let me tell you something, people notice. So if you're that person, if you're that like undercover hater type of person, if you just don't have it in you to be that hype woman, you know, girl's girl personality, people notice. Trust me, no one is incognito when they are a hater. I know I call it undercover, but you're really not. People know that energy is so obvious. Bad energy is like a skunk. You could smell it right away. Theme number seven, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. I cannot stress this one enough because I just see so many people out there that are, are trying to shortcut things. They'll go to someone, wait, how did you get that? Where did you find that? Instead of just taking it upon themselves to look into it and to ask the right people for it themselves. Like that person sent an email, that person requested it, that person asked for it, that person went for it. And then you got somebody else in the comments like, where, how, what'd you do? And listen, I, I get it if you wanna ask these questions, maybe you're not that self-sufficient. I mean, I don't get that, I'm a very self-sufficient person, but that's what it really is. It's that lack of self-sufficiency and you just want things to be made easier for you. You just want somebody to hand you the blueprint of the work that they've already done. Or even on a larger scale than that, you want something done that you didn't even ask for, that you didn't even go for. You're like, well, I don't see results. Oh, this isn't working for me, but really what steps have you taken? This has a lot to do with as well, the accomplishment that I have that I will share in January in my first episode when we're back. And why I resonate with this so much and why I stress this so much is because I went through so much rejection over the past few years. I've asked so many people for collaborations and partnerships and calls to just even consider me for certain things. And it's no, no, no. My downloads aren't high enough. My show isn't big enough. I don't top enough charts. I don't have enough followers on social media. I don't have enough engagement on social media. I have been denied and rejected for so many things and consistently, like way more than I've been told yes. So let's put that out there. But the thing is that I kept asking. I think that the quote was by Kris Jenner that was like, if someone tells you no, you're not asking the right person. Something along those lines. If someone's telling you no, just find somebody to tell you yes. Keep asking until you get a yes. And I love that saying because it goes back to the original one. If you, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Or if you ask the wrong people, the answer will always be no. But people fear rejection, so that's why they don't ask. That's why they don't go for it. Whereas... For me, I think this year I had consistent rejection so much, so much, so much that I finally now toward the end of the year when I just saw that breakthrough was like, holy shit, thank God I never stopped asking. Thank God I never stopped fighting for what I want. And a lot of people don't fight for their dreams, which is really sad to say. A lot of people don't fight for their deep desires because of that fear of rejection or that fear of saying no. But if you're afraid of being told no, then aren't you afraid of not getting it no matter what, just because you never asked? 
I put a podcast episode out a while ago called If You Can Guarantee Your Life in Six Months. And that one hits really hard for me because there's so many people who would only take a step, who would only ask the questions, who would only pitch themselves and reach out if they could guarantee their results. And you need to listen to that episode because most people don't take a chance because they can't guarantee their results. And, uh, well, since I don't know if it'll be a yes, then I'm not even gonna bother. But if you knew it would be a yes, if you could guarantee your success, if you could guarantee that you would get your desired result, of course, then you would ask, then you would go for it. So if you follow that Kris Jenner quote, like, you know, if someone's telling you no, you're just asking the wrong person, then you're actually kind of lining yourself up to guarantee a yes. It just may not come from who you thought it would come from. It just may come from somebody else. But at least you're guaranteeing I'm going to continue to ask until I get the right person to tell me yes. So don't be afraid to fall down seven times and stand up eight. That's how you persevere. That's how you get stronger. That's how you learn the ropes and that's really how you become successful at anything in life. Just fail, 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 fail until you win. Keep failing. And of course, I'll throw this out there as well. I have another podcast episode out called Failure is Part of the Process. You gotta listen to that one. Failure is part of the process. You do not get to shortcut success. You do not get to escape or avoid failure on the path to success. I also just came across a SZA photo. I think it's like a tweet or something that she put out. I don't know when she did it, but I, I see the photo on my explore page and SZA saying, I really had emails telling me to please stop sending me your music with like a laughing emoji. And she said that she was constantly told we're not interested. She's too green and we just don't like her. I came so fucking far. Please don't give a fuck what people say. It does not matter. What God has for you cannot be stopped. Keep trying, keep going. And I think it's just perfect that I came across that right now on this theme because that's exactly it. Don't stop. SZA, who is a freaking multimillionaire now, super successful artist, amazing songs out there, talking about how back in the past people were like, no, you don't have what it takes. Stop sending your music. Enough of this. But what did she do? She kept asking until she got a yes. Theme number eight is definitely one of my favorites and it's when you know, you know. And with that being said, when you don't know, you know. And the reason why I said that is because I didn't know so many times. I was confused so many times. And all of that confusion was really just a very blurry this is not it. A very blurry, this is not for you. And confusion translates with, you know, I don't know, does he like me? Doesn't he like me? I can't tell. He texts me every now and then. He asks me out here and there, but it's just inconsistent. He seems interested, but I don't know. And if that's where you're at, guess what, girl? It's a no. And that's why I say, when you don't know, you know. Because when you know, you know. So you would feel secure. You would feel confident. You would feel like I know this is right. So if you feel that confusion, if you feel insecure, if you don't know if it's right, if you don't feel confident about it, that's it telling you, you know, girl, this is not for you. There's no cloudiness. There's no blurriness. It's very black and white when something is for you, especially with romantic relationships. You think a man who wants to be with you would let you go 
would let you be confused? If a man is sure he wants to be with you, do you really think that he would not contact you on a daily basis? Do you really think he would be really bad at making plans? No, that man would be hitting your line every single day. That man would be taking you out every week, making plans for you, not only making plans for dinner and the present, but making plans for the future. Big picture plans. If you feel like you're in that place right now where you're constantly justifying his actions, explaining his behavior, making excuses for his behavior, that is not your man. You would not have to do that. A man who is passionate about you will make it clear. A man who wants to progress your relationship will progress your relationship. He will not leave you in the dark. I know that we love to romanticize things. I know that we love to make that man our man. Let, like, come on, I, you, I'm so close. I've been single for too long. It's my time. I deserve a man now. I like this guy. He's funny. He's smart. He's nice. He's hot. He's attractive. Okay, great. But does he even like you? Does he want to be with you? Does he make you feel wanted? Does he make you feel desired? Or does he just make you feel like you constantly have to re-explain his situation to your friends because your friends are like, wait, huh? Like, didn't you go through this before? Didn't he bail on you last time? Are, like, uh, so I'm confused. This is the guy who, you know? Which by the way, girls, if you are in that predicament and you don't want your friends feedback, stop telling them anything that's going on because it's going to be a cycle and it's a lot better if you just keep it to yourself because they're gonna let you know like this is not the guy for you. This is not what you should be dealing with. I can promise you it will not look like that when you know that this is the right relationship for you. It will not feel like that. You will feel completely different. You're gonna be like oh you don't have to get bailed on every time that you make plans. It's actually not normal for someone to have to continuously reschedule. I remember going through that actually when I first started seeing my boyfriend. I remember for the day of our first date, I think there was like a couple hours in the middle of the day where I didn't hear from him because I guess he had gotten busy with work, but I heard from him in the morning, you know, the conversation was fine. He was looking forward to that night. We chatted and then there was like a little gap in the day and my first instinct was, oh my God, this guy is ghosting me. And it only went there because of how many dates I've experienced that in the past where I haven't heard from guys the day of, they bail me the day of, they ended up saying, you know, an hour or two freaking hours before like, hey, I got caught up at work and I'm gonna have to reschedule like, I went through that so much and I was just so freaking traumatized by it that you get to a point where you just assume that's just what's going to happen. That's just how it goes. And then he just randomly ended up texting me and was like, hey, sorry, I was so busy. So what's your address? So I could, you know, pick you up later. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm so glad that I didn't say anything. Because I'm that type who's like, I am not going to text them and ask if we're on. I'm not going to confirm. I'm not going to follow up. And so thank God I didn't. But I feel like I would have looked crazy if I was like, hey, are we still on for later? Because he probably would have been like, yeah, we just talked earlier. But it was just that natural instinct from having been let down and disappointed so many times before. 
And so that this is why I'm saying when you know, you know, because once he proved that, and then from then, he never, like that, it just never happened. From that first date, he's never bailed. He's never rescheduled. He's never changed plans. He's never even been late. He's always been on time. He's never made me feel like the plans were a burden. He's always made me feel like the plans were a priority. He's looked forward to our plans and lets me know that's the best. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to this. When he just planned our Christmas date, he was so excited to tell me what the plan was. So we had a really long day. Our plans started at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon and they went on to freaking like 10 o'clock at night. And when he had come over, he was really excited to tell me what the agenda was, what oh, what was on our itinerary. Okay, we have 12 o'clock reservations here, then one o'clock reservations there, then we're gonna go to lunch here, then we're gonna go see the tree, then we're gonna go see the Rockettes, and then we're gonna go to, to dinner, and like everything was planned, and he was looking forward to telling me. And I've just never experienced that before. And it may sound like the bare minimum to some people, but give us girls some slack here because when you're constantly disappointed and then you experience that, that's when you're like, oh, I don't always have to be let down. So trust me, he will not leave room for doubt if he is the one. If it is the relationship for you, he will not make you question it or doubt it at all. Theme number nine is another one that I like and this is doing more of nothing. This was a lot of fun for me this year. And I really started doing more of nothing last year. But this year, I feel like as I got really comfortable and embodied in my career and in my feminine energy and just my way of life, I got a lot more comfortable doing nothing. A lot more comfortable not feeling the need to constantly be productive. There is just an itch that gets scratched when I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV or scrolling through my phone. It's not like I enjoy being lazy because I'm not a lazy person. I'm generally a hardworking person. And I'm just, I, I, I put my all into anything that I do, even the little things like cooking. Like I'm really not lazy. I'm no problem cooking, cleaning, taking care of things, working, doing what I have to do. But making that time for just rest and relaxation and not thinking at all about what needs to get done. Ooh, that is the best feeling. And I got a lot more comfortable doing that this year because even last year, I still had those little pockets of guilt where I felt like, ugh, I can't afford to do this right now. I need to get up and I need to get this shit done. And I have certainly removed so many people from my life who made me feel that way, who made me feel guilty when I wasn't being productive or made me feel like I could not prioritize anything other than what they wanted me to prioritize. If they felt like this work thing is a priority to them, then it has to be a priority to me. And if it's not a priority to me, if I'm not as urgent about it, then the sky is falling. They have to like put me down over it. They're gonna try to guilt trip me. They're gonna try to gaslight me. They're gonna just try to make me feel like shit basically. And if you feel like you have people like that in your life where you get to a point where you are kind of lying about what you're doing during your day because you just don't wanna hear it. You're just telling them that you're doing 
something productive, you're just telling them that you're doing something else so that they don't get on your ass about, oh, why are you doing that? You should be doing X, Y, and Z. Then those people may be a little too toxic for you. They just might not be the person you want in your corner. If you're like, let me just say I'm working on X, Y, and Z so that I don't have to hear it because you know that they'll make you feel bad about yourself or whatnot, then those are probably not the best relationships to have, especially work relationships because you wanna, you don't wanna hate what you're doing. You don't wanna resent what you're doing. You don't wanna resent the people around you in your work. You want to be able to enjoy what you're doing and not make it something that you hate because certain things that you hate, a certain food or whatnot, you don't have to eat it. Certain things that you hate to do, you don't have to do it. But when it comes to your work, you kinda gotta do it, right? You have to pay your bills. You have to pay your rent. You have to have an income. You have to get shit done. So you don't wanna hate something that is kind of a requirement to have in your life. You don't wanna have so much resentment towards something that you're gonna spend so many hours a week on. The honest truth is, which it's kind of sad to say, is that the average person, most people in the world, probably even the above average person, even for successful business people, regardless, for most people, the truth is we will spend more time on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis on our work and on our professional life than we will in our personal life. Even if you have a 9 to 5 job, imagine five days a week, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every single day is spent on work. So it's our responsibility to really add some balance into our life, to really have a good work-life balance, and to incorporate more areas of life into your regular everyday routine. You know how much I talk about hobbies, all different things. It could be even religious work, spiritual work, fitness goals, like just having other categories of life that can balance you out and can bring you that sense of peace and fulfillment where you might not even get anything out of it other than that. You might just find it fun and that's about it. I always break down life by kind of eight categories for my clients. I'll break it down to like eight categories of self-care kind of and this way you can look at your life like a pie chart, like a big circle, like a graph and into split up into eight separate parts and you can look at it to see how much balance that you really do have. So there's the physical part, which is like fitness, health, all that. Psychological, which is your your mentality, your boundaries, things of that sort. There's emotional, which is your heart, your feelings, your values, your morals. There's the social aspect of it, which is fun, recreation, friends. Then of course, there's the professional aspect. So that's your work and your career. Then there's the environmental aspect, which is getting outdoors, having some fresh air every day, going for walks and whatnot. Then there's the spiritual side. So again, that could be religion, it could be meditating, it could be prayer, journaling, whatever the spirituality looks like for you. And then there's the financial aspect of it. So that's all about your spending and your saving habits. So if you can look at life in that realm, you'll be able to see what you need to spend more time working on, how, where you need to really practice a little bit more self-care. 
I think I personally include that nothingness into the psychological or the emotional category because that's all about your head and your heart and what it needs. And for me, I I think that like doing more of nothing is a need in that way. It's not necessarily a category of life like, oh, relax more. But it, to me, it's about what your body and your heart and your soul and your mind really needs, which I think rest would go in that category. And the last theme of 2023, number 10, is all about words of affirmation. Give more and receive more. Share more and get more. Words of affirmation were so, so, so important to me this year. Now, I always talk about how all five love languages are equally important to me. I need them all, I show them all, I give them all, I wanna get them all. Like, I don't wanna pick a favorite because every single love language is really important to me. Now, some people will disagree and say, no, you can only have one, but I don't care, all five. Anyway, that's not the case for everybody. So some people lean more toward one in particular or two in particular, just in their natural way. I would say that's absolutely the case for most people. Most people prioritize one or maybe two love languages. And my lovely boyfriend, he's a big quality time, acts of service, and of course, physical touch kind of guy, because what guy is not a physical touch kind of guy? But he is really also big on the quality time and the acts of service, and he's really good in the gifting department as well. But I just mean more on a regular basis. Like, yes, he's he gets me flowers, he we exchange, you know, gifts and buy things for each other, especially those thoughtful things. So he is, I think that the gift stuff is, again, really important. And he definitely fulfills that area as well. But on a more regular every single day basis, the one thing that I feel like he does the least out of all five is the words of affirmation. And it's not even a bad thing. It's not like, oh, this is a red flag. Just because everybody has a more natural way and a more natural love language that they gravitate to. And I'm such an emotional girl who words are my life. And he's just such a guy who doesn't like, you know, like a lot of guys, he doesn't need to talk about a million things the way that us girls do we could go on and on forever he's very just like yeah great and in no way shape or form did I ever 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 doubt his feelings I know how he has felt about me since we met he's always shown it and he's always made it known and made it clear through his actions like I said acts of service But sometimes you just want to hear it, right? You just want to be told. And of course, I'm talking more past tense, like in the earlier stages of us dating, because now, of course, things have 
certainly evolved and improved because we're together for a while now we actually exchanged christmas gifts last night and he gave me the cutest card and just wrote such cute things in it and i'm like oh my god this is everything like cancel all the gifts i just want this freaking card actually no let me take that back because he got me this absolutely beautiful diamond necklace that i'm wearing and holding right now in my fingers and i am absolutely obsessed talk about like i said he is good in the gifting department i actually sent him a link to a necklace that i wanted and it was a 700 dollars necklace it was from some random website i literally just googled like diamond necklace with yellow gold chain and this one came up on a website i think it was called baby gold nothing wrong with the website at all but it you know i liked it i thought it was perfectly fine and he's like that what is that necklace if it it can't be a diamond necklace if it's only seven hundred dollars like why why is it so cheap and i'm like i don't know i think that that's a lot like is it not and he's like that's a cheap necklace that can't be a real diamond so I definitely knew he didn't want to give me the necklace but I didn't know what he was going to give me because I wanted a necklace so I didn't really know what to expect and then we exchanged gifts last night and he went to a jeweler and he had a diamond necklace with a yellow gold chain custom made for me and he was like this is the kind of jewelry that you should want this is what i will give you i will not give you cheap shit that you find online so anyway yes that department successful no i don't want to trade in my necklace for a card however the card certainly means the most to me because it really just it like scratches an area of your brain that has like a freaking itch on it and you just can't scratch it and then you hear all the words and you read the card and you see the feelings like out there on paper and you're just like Ah, I feel that sense of relief. And in those beginning stages where you may feel like, I don't get it. They don't like say anything. They don't just like randomly tell you how they feel and whatnot. If you kind of approach it in a certain way, you know, if you do say ask about it or inquire, a lot of guys like that, the men who are really big on that quality time, the physical touch, the, you know, acts of service and whatnot, they'll say, well, I show you how I feel. Don't you see? My action should tell you. Don't you see? And this is not the first time that I've seen that, experienced that, heard that. I've had so many friends go through that with guys where they have questions like, what's the deal? Do you even freaking like me? And a guy's like, you should know that I like you because I spend so much time with you because I'm always with you. I do things for you. You should just know how I feel. And he was a little bit, you know, one of those guys, not like to the extreme of being, like I said, red flags, but definitely more of a I'll show you rather than I'll tell you kind of guy. And that was just not going to work for me because I'm like, you can continue to show me, but I also need you to tell me. And when I have talked with friends or certain people about this in our earlier dating stages, they were like, honestly you're better than I was because I would never have like verbalized or like outright said what I need or what is missing and whatnot. I think a lot of people are, they're different. Like they play more of a little bit of a mind mind game, whether it means that like they pull back, they pull away, like they want them to say what's wrong. 
they want them to sense a change in the energy and whatnot. And that's just so not me. Like, hello, we're talking about words of affirmation. Clearly, communication is important to me. And it has always been. So I've always communicated directly so that it doesn't leave any room for guessing, for trying to figure out what's wrong, for just trying to understand and get in your head. No, I I think I make it very easy. I think I make it very clear because I can't hold back. And when I've had girls say like, wow, in those early dating stages, I would be like afraid I would never. I'm like, well, you know, if it wasn't meant to be, then it wouldn't be, you know, if he wasn't the guy for me, then I would tell him, you know, I need you to work on words of affirmation. And he would tell me to go fuck myself. And he would say, Oh, well, then I'm not the guy for you. But instead, no, he listened, and he learned and worked on it and made the effort to work on it and proved that he was working on it. And I think when you communicate your needs it's really important that you're also open to listen and learn and I feel like anytime that I've ever approached that situation I also always said like you tell me if I'm wrong like tell me if I'm misunderstanding or misreading something or tell me if I'm doing something wrong like tell me if there's something that you need from me like I'm always open to being a better partner or doing more or making you feel more loved, like whatever that might look like. And these weren't conversations of arguments. They weren't conversations of conflict. They were just the important, open and honest, emotional conversations that you need to have when you get into relationships. You need to be able to talk about these things. You need to be able to directly express what's on your heart because how are you going to spend a lifetime together if you can't? The worst thing you can do is bite your tongue or hold back from expressing yourself because you're afraid of losing that person. If that's where you're at, then that relationship is not secure. That relationship has no longevity. That relationship is unsustainable. If you feel like I can't express myself because it might rub them the wrong way, they're going to get mad, it's going to turn into a fight, well then... Is this the relationship that you want at all? Think about what I said in point number one. Not everything is going to be at the top of your totem pole. So you have to experience the relationship in order to be able to see what gets placed where. And you can definitely identify that easily when something is lacking because then you'll be able to know how you feel about it and how important or not important it is. And for me, when I felt any sense of lack around the words of affirmation, it certainly got to me and it certainly bothered me. So that's how I knew that was something at the top of my totem pole. I keep saying totem pole. I don't know why I'm using that saying. I feel like I've said that literally my whole life and I really don't know why, but what I really mean is that that's how I knew it was at the top of my list. (laughs) That's how I knew it was a priority because I felt the lack. And if you feel that lack, then you know it's extremely important to you. If it's something that you don't even notice, if it's something that you can do without, then you put it at the bottom of your list. It is clearly not a priority. And I think talking about it and expressing my feelings from so early on in the relationship created a much more emotional bond and created a true sense of intimacy from early on in the relationship. Because I think intimacy is about digging deeper and getting to know each other and learning each other. You know, we are not even together for a year yet. So I think those early 
few weeks, those early few months are all about the learning stages and you go through growing pains, which is why you need to have these tough conversations and these deeper conversations that absolutely do not need to be a negative thing. They don't need to be arguments. They just are going to be a little bit difficult. So once you do get through them, I think it creates way more security within the relationship and way more intimacy, even more intimate than having sex or being with each other in any sort of, you know, sexual way. And if you are in those early dating stages and you feel really nervous and you want to slowly break into it and you don't want to just go like straight for the jugular, I think one of the best ways to break into these conversations is by getting those dating cards. It's a card game. There's all different ones out there now. It's a card game, but it's all about getting to know each other deeper and addressing certain things. So I have it from We're Not Really Strangers. So if you go on we're not really strangers.com, you'll see there's probably like a friendship one. There's a dating one. There's a bigger one that I, th- I think is their original game. I think it just says like honest, open discussion pack, something like that. And you take out these cards and you ask each other questions, deep questions, honest questions, and you answer them and it makes it like, okay, you didn't just create this confrontation. You didn't just start this conversation out of nowhere about like, I need this or I need that. You actually were triggered. You actually were prompted by this game, but the game ultimately draws you closer because it creates that intimacy around having those hard conversations. And that's when you can start having more conversations afterwards. If you feel like I really cannot just start this, like I don't even know what to say, it's better off if I say nothing, try the game first. Get comfortable with communication and then it can lead into starting up the conversations more organically. But girls, trust me when I say those words, oh, they matter. Oh my God, they are like food for the soul. If you're with a guy who is really struggling with that or just doesn't do that and you have not addressed it yet, please let this be your sign. Please start that conversation. Just either outright tell him or get those card games. You don't even have to tell him why you got the card games. Just say, oh, I heard about these card games. And again, there's so many brands. You don't have to get the one that I got. There's a bunch of them, but that one is very good. I do recommend it. And just really, really, really try to fight for that. Really try to break him out of his shell and help him feel more embodied in his emotional energy and help him feel more confident and comfortable expressing himself and being vulnerable. I I don't even knock it when guys are not like that because I think they're just raised that way. Guys are raised differently than girls are. We are told like it's okay to cry and to be emotional and men are not. Men are told like boys don't cry and you know whatnot. And so I think it's just in their DNA. It's just in them since a very young age. So they don't necessarily always grow up to be the most emotionally vulnerable and open and expressive. So I I would say it's common and it's normal and it's fine and it's valid and fair, but it doesn't mean that it can't be worked on. It does not mean that they can't try. And of course you can apply this to any love language. If you feel like your man is not big on acts of service and that's what you really need in your soul, then 
fight for that. Like whatever it is, this is, this could relate to any difference in love languages. But yeah, I'm so glad that my man and I are very compatible in like almost all of that. We worked on the words of affirmation. Now, of course, he's excelling in that department. But as far as everything else, like, I think we both really appreciate showing and receiving love in all of the ways. He's not like, oh, I'm just a physical touch kind of guy or I'm just a quality time kind of guy. He's like really into all of the things, the acts of service, the gifts. I love my Christmas gifts. This is the first time, by the way, guys, that I've ever even exchanged Christmas gifts with a boyfriend, okay? I never had a boyfriend for freaking Christmas before. So I got my beautiful necklace. I got a couple of other things. I got my card. I gave him a bunch of stuff, of course, like every single thing that he mentioned, he even liked or thought about. I got it. I'm like, I'm listening. I hope you know, I'm always listening. He said once, oh, my AirPods don't fit in my ears anymore because the freaking rubber thing fell out. Okay, I got AirPods. He was talking about Apple Watch. Oh my God, I, I have, we have these like bands that we have from our workout class that kind of just tracks like your heart rate and your walking, but he wants to track something else. You know, I think the only thing that does that is Apple Watch. Okay, I got an Apple Watch. Just anything that he mentioned he wanted or liked, I got it. Fuck it. I knew he was going to do me right, so I'm like, I got to do right by him. And of course, I gave him a card too. We read our cards at the same time. It was just lovely. And then I'm such a fast reader. So I read it and then I just stared at him and watched him read the rest of my card. (laughs) I'm like waiting for the reaction. But it was a very cute moment. And of course, I cooked dinner. I made some pasta with sauce. I made some octopus, which he loves when I make the octopus. I make it on a bed of arugula with Kalamata olives and some sliced up potatoes. Mm, So freaking good. And we did have a little bit of wine. We did have a fail with our dessert. Well, a fail for me. It was a success for him. We love boba tea, like bubble tea. And we I wanted it so bad. So he ordered it. And I don't drink milk. I always just get boba in iced tea. Like the places that we always get it from, no problem. I'll get like honey, black iced tea with some boba in it no issues. So he ordered it first. It arrives. His comes perfectly, of course. Mine comes with milk. So I'm like, fuck. Like, I was so upset. So then he orders again from somewhere else. We place the order. 20 minutes pass. It shows that the Uber driver's like on the way to pick it up. And then the restaurant calls and says that they don't have the boba. They have the tea, but they don't have any freaking boba left. So of course we had to cancel that order. And then he orders from another place because now he's just like determined at this point to make it right. And we're like, third time's the charm. We got this. So he orders from somewhere else. It was the black tea, but sometimes it comes with milk in it. So he wrote in the description thing, no milk, just iced black tea with the boba in it. It arrives with milk. So now we just have all these cups of boba. I was so sad. He was so frustrated. He was like, maybe it's a sign, babe. Maybe it was just meant to be that you don't have boba tonight. I'm like, really? Giving him like the death stare. But it was just such a lovely night and ultimately just 
an amazing year and I have so much to be happy about, so much to be proud of, so much to look forward to. And now, today, I'm actually leaving for Italy. Right now, it's December 14th as I record this. So of course the episode comes out on Monday, but right now, I was finishing up the episode. I started it yesterday, but I was finishing up the episode. And in a couple of hours, I will be headed to the airport on my way to Italy and then getting to spend New Year's with him in Turks. And I'm just so, so, so unbelievably grateful. I'm so appreciative. I'm looking forward to some much needed time off. I feel like I've been so busy and I just can't wait to be on vacation mode. But I am absolutely looking forward to getting back to all of you girls in January after the new year. Gonna share some good news. Gonna be back with some amazing guests that I already have booked. Have some wonderful topics coming up and just so much in store for For The Girls. So of course, again, thank you so much for being here. If you have any questions or you want to submit anything, please email me at victoria.forthegirlspodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please leave me reviews where you listen to podcasts. So if you listen on Spotify, please leave five stars and answer the question box at the end of each episode where it asks what you thought about the episode. For Apple Podcast users, please leave five stars and a review at the bottom of my profile, my actual podcast page. If you girls don't have the For the Girls merch yet, please head to Color Me Mags, that's M-A-G-S, colormemags.com. You won't be able to miss it. It's right on the homepage. Everyone who has the For the Girls sweatshirts are loving them. I'm actually wearing mine right now. I have on the gray one. So it says For the Girls, established 2021 in the front. And then on the back, it says the Confidence Hotline and it has a cute little vintage phone graphic. And every single girl who has gotten theirs Oh, they just love it. I've had the best feedback, which I love so much. That makes me so happy. I've even been watching just Instagram stories and seeing girls that I follow wearing their sweatshirt in the story. And I'm like, ah, I'm replying to all of them like spotted, love the sweatshirt. And they all say it's so cozy. I wear it every freaking day. I love it. It's so cute. I get compliments on it. So yeah, go check out my merch. And that is all we have for today. And that is all we have for 2023. So thank you girls so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me each week. Until next time, we meet again on January 8th, 2024.